0: I want you to start with me over in Deuteronomy, in chapter 19, and I'm at verse 15, Deuteronomy. Verse 15 says, one witness is not enough to convict the accused of any crime. But it goes on to say what? Every matter must be established by what? Two or three witnesses. Say that, two or three witnesses. Now when you have that, you have, you have justice. A lot of people in this country have been convicted on nothing more than circumstantial evidence at best. That's not how the code under Hebrew law existed and I want you to see in 2 Corinthians how, how Paul applies this because he extends the reach of that principle, not just to matters of, of, of justice or criminal justice, but in terms of life in general. 2 Corinthians 13 This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established. By the testimony of what? Two or three witnesses. witnesses. And so um, it's important to understand that there are voices out there and it matters what you align yourself with. It It matters the voice you agree with. And we'll get into this in detail tonight, but I wanted to start by saying that uh, you and I as believers are the deciding witness in our own situations. There's what the world might say. Everybody say the world. And that would include, of course, the devil and satanic influences and, and worldly theologies and philosophies. But it would also in, include, you know, whatever religion would try to say. You need to understand tonight that religion that parades as Christian religion is not the same thing as New Testament Christianity. And those voices are very, very different. Does that make sense? Um Religion would say God wants you poor, broke, busted, disgusted so He could humble you. And the Bible says that God takes pleasure in your prosperity. Now, whose voice are you going to believe? And that's just a simple illustration. You go to write down lines and find hundreds, if not thousands, of examples where religion has made its own creed and then taught it so long that people think it's true. God moves in mysterious ways. Chapter and verse. Anybody? And yet you would think that something so prevalently and so repeatedly you know, mentioned would be, in fact, gospel or truth. And you find yourself agreeing with things that aren't even scriptural. Like, we never know what God's going to do. Sounds real religious, except it's not true. He left His Word behind so we would know exactly how He operates. He operates by a revelation of spiritual law that He's given to us. He's not going to give us those spiritual laws and then violate those laws in the name of sovereignty. So it's important to understand that there's a there's a voice out there, and what I do is, is, and I think it's very healthy for you to do as well, is equate the voice of the world with the voice of religion. They're just two sides of the same coin. Does that make sense to you tonight? And then of course there's that voice. Then there's the voice of what the Word of God says. And any given day, you and I have a decision to make that we're going to align ourselves with what did God say instead of what the word or religion has said. And to the extent that you align yourself with the word, you're going to find victory and peace and wholeness. You're going to find growth in your life. You're going to find the things that that the word of God promises you. But if you align yourself and you agree with the wrong voice, it's going to hold you back. And in some cases, it could be destructive. The Bible says my people are destroyed for." A lack of knowledge, and it's not just a lack of knowledge; it's not properly applied knowledge. I have to actually do something. Are you here? So every word is established by two or three witnesses. In Matthew, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter sixteen. It's really a you know foundational scripture. In terms of understanding things like revelation, everybody say revelation. Right. But it also is a foundational scripture in terms of understanding our responsibility to say right things about God and His Word. Yeah. Come on, say that with me say right things right. about God and His Word. How many know there are a lot of people out there saying wrong things about God and His Word? Yeah. Okay? And look at the scripture in chapter 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And if you got to, uh, you know, if you're careful here, you probably, uh, you can probably hear the crickets after that question. And what does Peter say? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. So the voice you're going to align with is always going to come by revelation from whom? From the Father. You're going to need revelation if you're going to have the right voice and agree with the right voice. But my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Petered on this rock, meaning the rock of Revelation, not Peter the person. Can I have an amen? amen. If It's still shocking to you to hear, but the Pope is not the foundation of the church. Amen. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. That's right. And the apostles lay a foundation, and we build that foundation. I'm sure he's a nice enough guy, whatever it is, with the things that come out of his mouth, talk about the voice, contradict consistently with what God's Word says. Right. There's an entire group of people by the hundreds of means being misled by someone who can't even seem to know what the Bible says. And if you don't know this, I'll tell you this. The church is established by God. Yes. That's right. That's right. No question about it. That's right. But if the church deviates from the Word of God, the church has lost its authority. That's the church does not have authority that supersedes the Word of God. That's right. Ever. Ever. Mm. Say that with me. Ever. Ever. That, in fact, is the telltale sign of a church that's on the right track because it has a high view of Scripture, not a high view of itself. Yes. Amen? Yes. Are we on the same page? So it's revealed knowledge. It's not pointing to some man or some office. It's pointing to the rock of revealed knowledge as the indicator you know, of, of how he's going to build his church. And it says here, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, or you bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven, then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. So the authority of God, the power of God, even the keys to the kingdom, all coming in a way that started with revelation knowledge. Say that with me. Thank God for revelation knowledge. But here's the key here. What do you say? We're not wondering tonight, what did they say? Or what did the prophets say? Or what did Peter say? But what do you say? Is that a big deal? Yeah. You were on your way to hell in a handbasket. You were in darkness and destruction and sin. And when you said, watch this, when you said Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you were translated out of darkness into His marvelous light. You were were sent from what? From darkness to light, from from hell to heaven. And now your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because of what you said. Aren't you glad you said it? I said, aren't you glad you said it? And if you haven't said it tonight, you can. You can believe in your heart tonight. You can repent of your sin tonight. You can say, what do you say about Jesus? It's not what the church says or what the people say or what Fred said or George or what Peter said. It's what you say. That's right. Say it. I say. I say. say both. I say. I say. Jesus, Jesus is, is Lord. Lord. Amen. You see how powerful that is? Yes. What you say? And you can get right with God tonight yourself and change everything, your destiny, your future, everything by what you said. But a lot of people will hear this message, hear a voice, and never, ever get around to agreeing with what God has said. When He says, what do you say? They don't say anything or they say something else. Like all roads lead to heaven. Doesn't matter who you serve. God is God by just a bunch of different names. No, He is one. He is one. And what do you say about it? And that's not just about your salvation. It's about everything that pertains to you. It's what you say about revelation. It's what you say about the word, what you say about the promises that matters. You're always going to have what the world thinks, what religion thinks. You're going to see what God says by revelation. And then it's going to be your decision to choose to align with the voice of the word of God in every situation. And to the extent that you do that, you're going to walk in victory in this life. Say it with me, I am, I am the establishing the witness, right? Every two or three witnesses, right? I've got what God said in His Word, and I am the establishing witness. That's not going to change God's Word, right? But it does change the person who will agree with it. That's it. Yes. Aren't you glad you've been changed by it? I'm in a room full of people that have been changed by it. I don't understand how you can just say something and everything change. It's not just saying it. It's believing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. But in the saying, in the agreeing, everything changes. That's why the prayer of agreement with you and another brother or sister, you know, is very, very powerful. That's why the prayer of agreement between a husband and wife is very, very powerful. But let me warn you, according to Matthew 18, you can't be in strife and have the prayer of agreement at the same time. It won't work. Does that make sense? Uh, that's why if you're a husband and wife, get the strife out first, then get into the prayer of agreement. If you're believing God for something and you're praying with somebody, make sure you're not at war with somebody in your heart or it won't work. Amen? But it's what you say. See, we're taught that, uh, that, you know, very, very subtly and sometimes very overtly, that it's not what we say that counts. So all these other factors and all these other situations, you know, and, and whether God wants to or He don't want to. We're having a good day or, or whether even the basis form of this is whether we're lucky or not lucky. No, you're not lucky. You're blessed. That's said, I am blessed of God. Blessed. And you're blessed in that you found out what He said and you put yourself in agreement with that word. Agreement establishes, sets, and sets in motion what you agree upon, whatever it is in the word. You find the place where it is written and if you agree with what it says, yes. Yes. it'll set that in motion in your life. Yes. Anybody here need to set some more things in motion in your life? Yes. Yes. Amen. What do you say? What the word you should ask that question every time you read something. Every time God gives you a new revelation about something, now what do you say about that? Do you agree with this? Or you like so many people to kind of well I don't know about that. It's time for us to let go of every remnant of religion and absolutely let God do his work in our lives. Religion will never serve you, it will never help you. And in fact, religion means return to bondage. That's right. It means to religature. That's right. If you thought you were saved coming into religion, you thought you're delivered coming into religion. No, you just traded bondages. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Are you here today? There are a few people in Scripture that kind of exemplify this, and I want to just make sure that you walk out of here tonight with this important revelation. Um, Don't let any voice out there label you. You are not what somebody says you are. You're what the Word says you are. Jesus came across Peter. and For example, he was known as Simon, which means a piece of grass. And the wind blows this way, and Simon goes this way. and The wind blows this way, and Simon goes that way. But the Lord looked at him and saw something else. He saw a rock, stable, consistent. And we, we know about his inconsistencies. We know how he dropped the ball. But we also know how he preached on Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved. Aren't you glad for that? And several other narratives that show the power of God in his life, like the Temple Gate, beautiful. Aren't you glad he went from a Simon to a Peter? Yes. But you know, the problem is we get labels and if we're not careful, we start to, to live those out and believe those and they guide our lives and they direct our lives. It's very, very subtle. There's a man named Jabez, the Bible says, who was taught that he was a bringer of sorrow, bringer of trouble. Uh, but that's not who he was really on the inside. Are you here today? Yes. What was he actually? <laughs> At some point in time, he shook off that voice. Right? It can come from a teacher. I have, I've heard some teachers bless kids and raise kids up and I've seen teachers do the opposite. Does that make sense? You take that young mind and you teach that child to believe the word, believe what they can do, amen, believe they can excel. Um, I had a brother who just didn't care in in grade school and high school and just goofed around, you know, but it had no reflection of his intelligence level. And the guidance counselor told him, you should just go get a job, don't even consider college, you'll never pass your freshman year. Um, now, some people are destroyed by that and other people are motivated by that. Yeah. Um, He is my mother's son. So it had the opposite impact on him. So uh, he couldn't get into the college he wanted to because the scores were low because he didn't really care. And so he went to this uh, junior college, got a 4.0, transferred to what is called the Little Harvard in the southeastern part of the United States, and got one of the highest grade point averages, served in some of the highest capacities in student government, and was recruited by the FBI, who later the CIA took over his, his portfolio. And he put some pretty bad people in jail for the rest of their lives for espionage against this country. Yeah. Now, I can tell you this. What if he had believed that lie? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And nothing wrong with the trade. Nothing wrong with manufacturing jobs. Nothing wrong with any of that. Amen. I'm telling you what, some of the smartest people in the world, are those who've taken manufacturing jobs and stayed out of debt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying to Uh, So that has nothing to do with it. Do what God's called you to do. But the point is, you cannot let yourself be labeled by somebody else. You need to agree with what God says about you. And somebody, a guidance counselor, telling somebody something like that should have been fired years ago. What are you here for? To tell the kids what they can't do? Why don't you discern what they're dealing with and tell them what they can do? Or get them the help they need? Amen. Amen. You and I spiritually are in influence are in a you know, position to influence people to take on what God says about them. Oh, yes. Let me put it to you this way. Um, not too concerned how far I get into this tonight. As long as I get this one seed sown into your life, you are never again allowing anybody to label you the rest of your life. You are going to walk around as God called you and what God says about you. And you're going to agree with His voice, which is the word of God over your life. When we started recovery ministry in this church, we made one thing very, very plain. This church has the longest running, you know, Christ-based recovery program in this entire region. And seeing lots of people come through and lots of people receive help. But we do not ascribe to the notion when someone has some kind of an addiction that, hey, I'm Frank, hello, Frank, and I'm an alcoholic. That's right, amen. Because, and write this down, do not confuse the diagnosis with the identity. They're not the same. Where else in the body of Christ are people labeled by their sin? Hello, I'm George. I'm a liar. Hello, George. Hi, I'm Mary, and I'm a fornicator. Hi, Mary. In walks the guy with a drug problem. Hello, I'm George, and I've got a drug problem. Why? Why? Do they have to be identified by their problem when the rest of the body of Christ is identified by what? I used to be. That's right. I'm no longer that. That's I'm a right. new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not what that says I am. Amen. I am what God says I am. Hallelujah. Don't confuse the diagnosis with the identity. Right. Reject the label. Amen. You were an alcoholic. That's right. You were a liar. Hello? Amen. You know, this has great application for what's going on in this world today medically as well. Come on. -hmm. Autism is a diagnosis, it is not an identity. Parents do not let your kids or grandkids take on the label. That is not who they are. It's a diagnosis. And if you accept that as, a, as an identity, it's going to be difficult for them to, to shake free from that. But why do we do that? Hello, I'm Joe, and I'm the cancer person. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Huh? No. No other diagnosis to somebody acknowledge that way and identify that way. Same thing with ADHD and anything else, as my brother-in-law says, that has letters or initials. Any of those things. That's not who you are. That's not your identity. Does that make sense? You may deal with something, but you fight the thing, but not let that thing become your identity. Because when it becomes your identity, you've given agreement to the wrong voice. Don't let relatives or parents or grandparents or church folk or school folk or employers label you or your loved ones. That's right. Amen. Reject it. Make up your mind that you're going to be what God called you to be. Take these one at a time. If somebody says, well, I'm going to identify, and I'm going to tell everybody who I am in terms of the sickness. No, you're going to go around saying you're the healed in Jesus' name. By his stripes I was what? I was healed just like by his stripes I was forgiven. Lay your hands on those kids and break that off of them. In Jesus' name, I am telling you, there is a string that is controlling that. It's not just medical. It is not just psycho- You know, psychological. It's not just emotional. There's a string there, and somebody put that, uh, that string of authority over them and agreed with that diagnosis as an identity instead of just a diagnosis. Amen. You're free. Amen. You're, free. Amen. You're free. That's right. Jeremy Pearson was going somewhere to preach and waiting for someone to pick him up and take him over to the church. And he was sitting in a, in a hotel lobby and this you know, grandmother saw his Bible and his notebook and said, well, you know, are, are you a preacher? Yeah, I'm going over here to some, such a church to preach and minister. And she says, well, I used to go there. And he said, you used to go there? Yeah, a matter of fact, my granddaughter was supernaturally healed of autism in that church. And he looked at her and said, and you used to go there? Are you nuts? <laughs> Seems to me we got a bigger problem than your daughter, or granddaughter having autism. You got doofusism, amen. <laughs> you got a real problem. They'll tell you these things cannot be healed. That's a life in the pit of hell. There is no condition known to man or child that God cannot reverse. But if you agree with the identity. It's going to be difficult for you to fight the condition. That's right. Mm. Fight it with all your might. Amen. Say what God's, you know, His word says about your child, your grandchild, about your own situation. Shake off any label. You're not a bringer of pain. No. Amen. That's right. You're a bringer of joy, and right. peace, and victory. Yes. Does that make sense? And there came a day that Jabez shook it off and he began to ask God, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and keep me from pain. All of a sudden, he wakes up, right? He loses all of his religious humility and just boldly goes to God and asks God to bless him. Do you know it's okay to ask God to bless you? Do you know it's okay for God to back up his word with who he says you really are? You're not Jabez bringer of pain. You are Jabez bringer of hope and victory and peace. Amen. Yes. And you should be the same way. It's hard to go to God boldly when you're walking around with a defeatist identity because you agree with somebody. Some of you, it was a teacher, a parent, a grandparent. Some of you, it was an employer. Some of you, it was a spouse. Amen. Sooner or later, you're going to have to make up your mind. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to agree with? Say, I'm going to go with God on this. Say, I'm going to go with God. It is not pretend. It's not something we say, well, that's not not really in that child's life or that's not really going on with that person in their health. We're just simply saying, don't let somebody label you. There is power in how you label. Hey, I am not a sinner saved by grace. Uh-huh. You are the righteousness of God That's right. in Christ Jesus. And the devil hated that when that revelation started flooding the body of Christ because he wanted to keep everybody down in condemnation mm-hmm. and self-doubt. Amen? But God revealed that. Aren't you glad for that? Yes. Amen. You used to be a black-hearted sinner. How does he see you? Righteous. More than a conqueror. Yes. All the things in the Bible that you could call yourself that line up with the Word of God that could bring victory, it's time for the body of Christ, you know, for brainwashing. Amen. Get all that nonsense out mm-hmm. and start identifying what He says you really are. Amen? Amen. The Bible speaks of this man that was born to Benjamin and his wife. She wanted to call him... Benoni, son of my sorrow. And you know what his father said? No. no. Watch this. You know what his father said? No, he'll be known as the, the son of the strength of my right hand. Which one do you think he grew up becoming? We know enough about the tribe of Benjamin to know he became what? A mighty man and a mighty tribe. Could you imagine him walking around all the days of life? You know what? I'm just a bringer of sorrow. Don't don't come near me because I'll bring you sorrow. You know, if nothing else, he'll carry with him a depressed spirit. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's right. Let me help you out here. You are not the depressed person. That's right. You are the delivered person That's in right, Jesus' right. name. Amen. And the depression trying to come on you. Resist steadfastly in the faith. Resist, and the devil will do what? He will flee from you. Church folk, Christians have to operate differently from those people in the world. Get your diagnosis, but don't you let it become your identity. Amen. 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 What did God say about you? Will every word be established by two or three witnesses? Amen. Praise God. Autism, ADHD, some physical situation, some addiction, that is... A diagnosis. It is not to be your label. Yes, Amen. Amen. Say, He has made me he in, has his made his image. Image. in His image. He has made me, he has made me righteous. righteous. He has made me, victorious. Has made me, has made me victorious. victorious. It's time to change the label. Yes. Yes. Well, how do you do that? You just change it. Amen. You do it with believing in your heart and you do it with the words of your mouth. And after a while, you really begin to dial into that thing. It'll begin to produce for you because you'll actually have faith operating in your life because of it. Keith Morris said it like this, the most important action of your faith is what comes out of your mouth. You know, nobody can make you agree with anything. You by choice agree with what God says about you. Amazing things are going to happen. Think about Jabez asking boldly for blessing, increase, and for protection, and God gave it to him. Ask anything in my name. What does he say? I'll do it. Turn to somebody and tell him, You're not asking big enough. Turn to somebody else and say, Ask big. Ask big. Come on, ask big. We have this idea that God's offended by asking big. No, he's offended by us asking small. He's God. He's big, he's huge. Amen. It's time to change the voice you've been agreeing with. The enemy's voice it may sound like a parent, it may sound like a boss, a sibling, a friend. No, you need to agree with what God says you are, right. Amen. and He says some wonderful things about you. Turn to somebody and smile and say, "He says you're pretty awesome, yes. you're pretty awesome. amazing." Turn them and say, "You're amazing." You're amazing. Tell them you're marvelous. That's why I get tickled, you know, that Jesus didn't die so you'd be miserable. That's right. <laughs> and the last frontier for some folks is dropping those old sin tags and those old dog tags and realizing who you really are in Christ. Amen. Why is this so important? I want you to write this down. The voice that you're agreeing with is important because it ultimately determines our influence. You can tell a lot by what you call yourself by what you've been listening to. You listen to the right voice, you're going to have a positive outlook, amen, joyful. You're going to be filled with victory and peace. You're going to be in a place of expectancy. Say, I'm expecting what the Word says to come to pass in my life that voice determines your thought life. You get labeled a Bononi, Simon, amen. It's going to affect how you think every single day. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. And just let me say that most parents that may have sown these things into your life, I, I can tell you that, that a lot of people I've met, uh, they've not had the kind of upbringing that I had. They were told what they couldn't be and what they couldn't do. Um, we just, we weren't told that. You know, we weren't beat down. We weren't uh, somehow assigned some kind of a label. On the contrary, we are expected to excel. It's amazing when as parents you expect your kids to excel, they live up to it. And oftentimes, when they do things that are destructive with their voice, and they label you in, inappropriately, and listen, the Holy Ghost is ministering to some people. So I mean, let you let the Holy Ghost minister some to some people. Say it. I receive it in Jesus name. Receive Jesus' name. Oftentimes, they're just saying things that were programmed into their own spirits. Yeah. They were labeled a certain way, yeah. and now they're doing the same thing. Yeah. But you have to make up your mind. It stops with you. Amen. Say it. The curse, curse. stops with me and a big part of that is getting rid of that label mm-hmm. love them and pray for them but un- in other words you can still love them without accepting the label that somebody tried to give you oh, yeah. and you should reject that label oh, yeah. amen. amen but uh, it's a wonderful thing when you grow up with, with positive expectations for you yeah. instead of expecting you to fail and to lose being gutter dead in a graveyard or in jail somewhere And that's not who you are. See, you know, faith in Christ is a very practical thing. It will lift you up in every area of your life. I said it will lift you up in every area of your life. But you're the gatekeeper of how much you're lifted up by what you agree with. And what you have been agreeing with in terms of your voice is influencing you, but it's also controlling your thought life. If you have been fighting a label of some kind, you've let a diagnosis become your identity, you let some painful things somebody said to you become your identity, you had a spouse do this, you had a boyfriend, a girlfriend that was abusive to you, whatever the case may be, and you let that become your identity, you need to be overdosing in the Word of God. And don't be listening to a bunch of crackpots that will tell you what you can't have. Listen to positive, amen, faith-filled, hope-filled teaching that will tell you who you are in Christ, and you can drive that thing out. Well, it's going to take some time. You've been thinking those thoughts a very, very long time. But listen, the Holy Ghost is saying tonight, I'll deliver you even tonight if you'll let me. I'll set you free tonight if you'll let me. I'll change out that label in Jesus' name. You're not walking out here believing you're cursed. You're walking out here believing you are blessed. You're not less than everybody else in this room and around the body of Christ and throughout this land. Amen. You are the head, not the tail above only and not beneath. You're blessed and everything you put your hand to is blessed and will prosper in Jesus' name. It's amazing how when you begin to go through just a litany of things that God says about you, it changes the atmosphere. Drive it out in Jesus' name. I want somebody to drive it out for me. There's no one going to drive it out for you. You're going to have to do it. Drive it out the same way it came in came in through your eyes and through your ears and you even agree with it with your own mouth. That's right, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, I'll never succeed, I'll never excel. No, you command those words to fall to the ground and to die and to bear no fruit. This is the last day you live up to somebody else's label that's not biblical. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of people, I'm telling you, live their whole lives this way and getting saved, even spirit-filled, even a little bit into the word of faith and they're still the same way. Get aggressive with this. You're going to be on this earth only for a short time before we either wrap this up by way of rapture or resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's time to drop the labels. Yes, amen. Man, kid, telling a kid, you know, parent telling a kid they're stupid, you never do anything, you never be anything. The horrible things, and some of these folks just uh, how they excel. It's it's a miracle, but it's a miracle that's reproducible. And you and I have a chance to bless. Fundamentally, to bless means to say good things about. Yes. You know, bless your spouse. Amen. Bless them. On purpose. Yes. Bless them. Take your kids in your hands and bless them. And brother Jerry was about to go home to be with the Lord. He was pastor here for 10 years. And um uh, Somebody said, well, you better go see him because, you know, he's, he's leaving this life. I mean, an MD told me this. An emergency medical doctor told me that You better go see him because he's, he's getting ready to leave so he can bless you. And I wanted to say to him, I didn't get into it because I wasn't in the mood to, to deal with foolishness. <laughs> well, I could tell him is that man has blessed me for years. You understand what I'm saying to you? The dynamic is not, oh, gee, we're in the Old Testament. And I come over here and I'll bless you like Jacob. No, you want to bless them all the days of their lives. You want to grab a hold of those kids and bless them yes. and confess scripture over them. Yes. And you know what kids will do? They'll believe the blessing. Yes. They'll believe what you're declaring over them. Yes. That's right. Just like they'll believe when somebody curses them. <laughs> Amen. I am Pop Pop and I have all the authority in the world to bless as a pop-pop. Yes, and guess what? I use it. God. I'm not going to let somebody else define who they become. Amen. Yes. That's, right. That's right. That's right. They're going to go pop-pop. <laughs> and I like that. Somebody's make me a shirt. Go pop-pop. I, mean, <laughs> I like that. Praise God. Bless them on purpose. Amen. Bless your church on purpose. You'd be amazed how many people miss this fundamental element of being a Christian in a church by doing the opposite. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's this or it's that. That person's unfriendly. That person's too friendly. He preaches too long. He preaches too short. Don't get that one very much. How about using the power that's in you to bless? That's it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I bless my worship leaders. I bless Bless. my Sunday school teachers. I bless my helps workers. Amen. I bless those that are doing outreach. I bless the children's team. I bless the pastoral team. You'd be amazed what'll happen. I'd bless them if they'd get better. If you start blessing, they'd get better. That's right. You mean it's all my fault? Exactly. It's your fault. (laughs) Bless them. It's not just words there's spiritual power with that bless them the voice you agree with determines your beliefs so be careful There are very intentional uh, you know attempts out there right now to undermine what Christians believe and confuse what they believe. I mean, when I was a baby Christian, I read, some have thrown you into confusion reading the Apostle Paul, saying that the resurrection has already occurred. I thought, that's the dumbest thing in the world to say. And yet, you know what? We have a bunch of so-called, quote-unquote, progressive Christian leaders, and progressive Christianity is neither progressive nor Christianity. You heard it from me. Say, it's not Christianity. And it's not progressive. (laughs) Christianity is fixed. You want to know why? Because the word is settled forever. It's Fixed. So here's what they say. They now say that the resurrection is not a physical body resurrection of Jesus. You want to know the problem with that? Is because the Bible says if there's no resurrection, he did not rise from the dead. You and I are still in our sins, and also by implication, there's no physical resurrection for you. How subtle it is. And they get on there and talk about everything as if it's pie in the sky and it's not real and it's not true. And I'm thinking, what's the point? Why are you even wasting your money telling people what they can't be? No, there's a resurrection. Yes, sir. And there's a rapture. Yes, sir. And there's a heaven. Yes. And there's a hell. Yes. Amen? Yes. No matter what those words or voices say out there. Yes, that's right. But a voice comes in and you agree with it, it's going to affect your belief system. And that can work against you, or it can work for you. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see somebody that's doing fine, and all of a sudden you see them veer off into la-la land, they're in doubt, fear, and unbelief. And you can always tell when somebody's really off, when their doubt, fear, and unbelief and criticism gets into meanness, amen, yes. and lack of kindness. Yes. When you're mean in your doctrine, it's not God. Yes. Ever. Sorry, not Let me try that again. Come and get a better amen. Amen, was it? <laughs> If your doctor makes you mean, it ain't God. That's right, amen. But if you agree with that voice, guess what? It's going to affect your belief system. You got to be careful out there. There's an entire wave of people now denying that miracles are for today and the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. I guess Jackie, we just didn't get that memo because it happens here all the time. Yes, it does. I thank God it does. Yes. How do you thank God for a Spirit-filled church? Amen. How do you thank God for a church where the Spirit of God is allowed to do what He wants yes. to do yes. and to speak yes. to us? Yes. You never know when that one word goes forth; it's going to change your life forever. Yes. And for those who don't understand, it's not just the message that comes out in English. The interpretation that has power on it. A tongue prompted by the spirit of god to be interpreted the tongue itself has power not needs to be interpreted so you can be edified by it but when you treat these things with respect great things happen in you and through you we're not going to throw down the word these last days and we're not going to throw down the ministry of the holy ghost we're not going to deny that he is moving So one of the big name guys in this that has absolutely destroyed the faith of so many people in this country is actually having a conference this year on secessionism. Telling people there are no more miracles and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is over except for conversion. Why do I want to fly across the country get a nice hotel room, spend all that money to be told God doesn't do anything anymore? I can just stay here. Turn this to time, tell town. Be careful who you're listening to. Listen to people who can tell you what God says. Amen. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, the arrogance of saying there are no more miracles. The arrogance of saying the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. Who told you that? Because it's not in the Word of God. And incidentally, we need the Holy Ghost more now than we ever have needed the Holy Ghost. They're nuts out there. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Word of God, amen, and the Holy Ghost. We need knowledge on fire in our lives. Not just filling our heads with theology and doctrine and having no power. A form of godliness that denies what? The power thereof. What does the Bible say to do with people like that? Of such, stay away. Don't go to their conference. Don't pull them up on fake book or spew tube. Stay away. Any voice that denies the present day power of God, stay away. Don't have to make a big deal out of it. You just don't need to be putting them on your iPad. Amen. Put them on your computer. Listen to your little pods in your ear. Make sure you're listening to things that what produce faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The The voice determines our words. (laughs) Whatever the voice you're agreeing with, you're going to start talking just like them. Did you all know that y'all have a vocabulary? Yeah. You some of them strange faith people. Yeah. Faith people have a vocabulary. Mm -hmm. They just talk different. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're agreeing with the voice of the Word of God that's different from religion and just man's theology. It's just a different voice. It's the voice of victory, isn't it, church? Amen. It's the voice of faith, isn't it? Yes. Amen. this is the victory that overcomes the world, even Amen. our faith or our believing God. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, whatever voice, whatever voice you, agree with, you agree with, you're going to sound just like them. Amen. Number five, the voice will determine your decisions. That's when it gets really difficult. Agreeing with the wrong voice, and so you start making decisions based on that agreement. And if it's not of God, it can lead you into all kinds of trouble. And Lester Summerall used to say this the best I've ever heard it. He said, you know, if you ever get off of God's path, you may never get back on again. Now, that happens by listening to the wrong thing. I've been around long enough to see people dig in with both feet. They were not coming off the Word of God no matter what. Can't push them, can't pressure them, can't threaten them. They're not moving. Say it, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. And I've seen other people listen to the wrong voices and then boom, next thing you know, all kinds of decisions that are ultimately destructive. Mr. Farrell sent me just a quick text and he said, you know, there are a lot of Christians in the body of Christ that worship an idol called offense. Uh, Amen. And that's the voice of people listen to. And I tell you, it's a shame when you can beat that thing one year, five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, and all of a sudden the devil finds a way to get you offended because you can't bow down to Jesus and offense at the same time. One's an idol and one is the Lord. So you can't get lazy about this. And you can't say, it never happened to me. (laughs) Amen. Be cautious. Be on your guard. Amen. Guard your heart, the Bible tells us. And one of the ways you can tell is um, wisdom is proved right by her actions. If it's a God-directed decision, amen, amen, then it's going to have fruit consistent with that. And don't misinterpret it say it won't necessarily be challenging because sometimes you are give a, a direction to do the will of God. It's the hardest thing you've ever done. Yes. Ease has nothing to do with it. But in the midst of that, there'll be peace there. And there'll be good fruit from the thing that you actually do when it's of God. Amen. That voice determines your decisions. It also determines your actions. We act consistent with the voice that we agree with. Amen. Everybody in this room. Simple illustration. Um, I mean, you know, if somebody is sick and they're sitting right here and someone comes up and prays for them and says, Oh God, we only want your will. If it be thy will, heal brother or sister so-and-so. Why are they acting that way? Why are they presenting themselves that way? Because that's the voice they agree with. Somebody else comes up and it says, they lay hands on them and say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity and command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Why are they acting that way? Because they're arrogant. No, it's because that's the voice they agree with. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall... Recover. Jesus rebuked the sickness and disease with the word and it would leave and you and I are commissioned to do the same thing. Right. Luke 10, Matthew 10, he gave them authority to go out there and heal diseases. Amen. Cast yeah. out yeah. devils. Yeah. Freely they received. Freely they were supposed to give. That's not for those isolated few. Yeah. Those were not foundational apostles and so makes it very difficult for the secessionists to deal with because these weren't the original 12. These were people added to the clan mm-hmm. through ministry, mm-hmm. through belief and had the same power operating in their lives. Aren't you glad that same power is here today? Incidentally, the book of Acts is not the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And He's not a God that used to be a God of miracles. He's the God of miracles. And He's very much the same. And He's very much alive. And He doesn't change. Amen? But you'll find out that your, your actions in terms of what you do every day will be consistent with the voice that you have agreed with. And then last, the voice that you agree with is going to determine your destiny. Yeah. Where you are in five years, where you're at a year from now. Now, there is a a, a great gathering of God's non-compromising believers. It's happening all over the world. Yes. Amen? In places just like this. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, uh, you may not know how you got here, mm-hmm. you but we do. Amen. You're being gathered. You're being gathered. Mm -hmm. I said you're being gathered. Your destiny is not just to live your life, die and go to heaven one day. You're called to mission. You're called to do something bigger and beyond yourself. Amen. Amen. But if all you hear is be a good little church member, go to Sunday school, pay your tithes, do your job, Retire, amen, live off your retirement and then die one day and go to heaven. You're missing the boat. Look at somebody and tell them there's more to you than just retiring. See that's how if you're not careful, E.F. Hutton got into your ear instead of the word of God. This is what we do. We are Americans. We work hard then we retire. We never retire from service for the Lord. No matter what our occupational situation is, it'll affect you in terms of your destiny. And I can tell you what, this is a room filled with people with divine destiny. I don't know about that because, you know, nobody ever thought much of me. That's because you've been listening to the wrong voice. I promise you this, God's plans for you are outstanding and far beyond anything that you can even imagine today but you have bought into agreeing with a voice that says you're much less than that. Godly ambition, tapping into what he has for you. God had more for David than just tending sheep. Amen. Yes, He did. Yes, and God's got more for you than you could possibly imagine if you'll choose to listen to that voice. Unfortunately, all of us have access to it. It's the voice of the word of God. Amen? Turn to by and tell them in Jesus' name. Jesus. I break that label off of you. I say what God says about you. Amen? How do you switch voices? Real quickly tonight, recognize the error in the other voice and reject it. Hebrews 5 tells us in verse 11 through 14 that... Uh, The more we train ourselves in this teaching of righteousness, we'll have discernment between good and evil. You've got to discern when something is not correct. The ear tastes words like the tongue tastes food. And when it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you've got to reject it. And let me say this. Say it with me. Bless your spouse. Bless your kids. Bless your grandkids. Bless your church. Bless your Sunday school teacher. Amen. Bless your employer. Why would I want to do that? Because you work there? And their success might affect you? (laughs) Bless your church. Bless your pastor. Bless yourself. Look in the mirror and call yourself all kinds of names the Bible names. I doubt there's a person in here that has not even in the past month said something derogatory to themselves. How quiet it is in this church. (laughs) The first church of the Frigidaire, amen. We're just (laughs) quiet, quiet. (laughs) Are you stuck on that, are you? (laughs) I won't have you volunteer what you said to yourself, but Jaime, you can raise your hand. and Say, from time to time, you say some really horrible things to yourself. Yeah. The, the deliverance line starts right here. Yeah. Let me ask you again. Jaime has said some very ugly things to herself, and that was your choice. Nobody yes. put a gun to your head. Why are you doing that? Because you're still being tempted to agree with a voice that is not the voice of the Word of God. Yes. Knock it off. If you have to, put postal notes all over your house. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yes. Your spouse comes in and says, oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You should absolutely cast those things to the ground and stop using your own mouth against you. There's enough mouths out there against you without you using your own mouth to destroy your own life. Call yourself what God calls you. Amen. Recognize the error in the other voice and reject it. Number two, find out what the voice of truth has to say about you. Where do I find that? The Bible tells us in John 1, John says, Hey, Jesus is the source of grace and truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. And everything else, guess what? May or may not be, but only the word itself is 100% true. So if you call yourself blessed, that's true. If you call yourself righteous, that's true. If you call yourself the head, that's true. If you call yourself prosperous, that's true. If you call yourself healed, that's true. True. If you call yourself saved, that's true. Do you know there are people in this town that would absolutely foam at the mouth to hear you say you were saved? Because they're convinced you can't know for sure just to a- hope and end a- praying. Maybe you have enough good works on this side versus enough bad works, so maybe on, on paper you'll get through. No, you get, don't get through because of your good works or your bad works. You get through because you express faith in Jesus Christ, the only one who could save you. That's why you have confidence in that. That's right. In other words, you've already learned to adopt the right voice on certain things in your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Adopt the right voice on everything yes. in your life. Amen. Anybody here just crazy enough to believe when you die, you're going to heaven? Amen. Anybody like that in this room? Yes. And could somebody talk you out of it? No. If you're genuinely born again, you know yes. it's a settled thing. That's right. You have made your peace with God. That's right. And I mean, find the most religious person in town. So you can't possibly know that. That's arrogant. How could you possibly say that? And you'll walk away saying, I feel sorry for them. But guess what? I know in whom I have believed. I know my name's in that book. Great confidence in alignment with the voice that says, if you did this, then you can have the confidence that just like he told his disciples when he went away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Aren't you glad to know he's going to prepare a place for you as well? Not just them, but for you. Yes, amen. 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 And I'm telling you, there's not a shack up there. No, there's no. not. There's not. I just want a little shack by the river. That's because you've been listening to the Shack voice. <laughs> I'm convinced that you and I, for probably a couple of millennium, will be going through debriefing, <laughs> getting all the stupidity out, all the voices out. But how many you like to be just a little further down the road than the average Christian going to heaven? Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Maybe you just only spend six months. <laughs> to be as convinced about these other Bible labels as you are about the ones like "saved." Amen. Heaven-bound. That's the point. Amen. And I'm you sure. I'm you glad you're sure. If you're not sure you can be and give your life to Him tonight today can be your absolute, you know, life-changing day by just giving your life to Christ. But you identify things that are erroneous and you go to the Word of God to find out with the voice of truth and you make up your mind to say what the voice of truth says about you and only what it says about you. We think about the Scripture where it says, you know, there's power in the what tongue? Life of death and it's in the power of the tongue of those that what eat it. You actually enjoy the fruit of of it. We think about that applying to somebody else. When I talk to somebody else. No, how about talking to yourself in such a way that you're producing that kind of fruit in your life? Out of the abundance of the heart, Matthew 33. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Out of what? Out of the abundance of the heart. I found out what God says. I believe in it. And I'm going to say it on purpose. Hallelujah. Why? Because you have the final word. Mama and them, and grandma and grandpa and them, and that teacher and them, and that employer and them. And that abusive spouse or whoever that was, they don't have a last word. You have the final word. Say, I have the final word. I have the ability to agree with what is right. Let every word be established. Stop letting the established word that's working against you come out of your own mouth. They make this amazing invention. You can get it real cheap at Dollar General Store. It's called duct tape. Yeah. And they make it in all kinds of colors now. Yeah, yeah. They can go with your purse and with your coat. Yeah. And I suggest that you invest in some of that until you stop cutting yourself down. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. I heard my brother-in-law say this years and years and years ago, and I absolutely believe it's true. It's perfectly consistent with Scripture but he said that you will rise or fall to the level of the confession of your mouth. And then he said this, right on the heels of that, and there are no exceptions. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. We've got the world's voice, religion's voice, people's voices, and we've got the voice of the Word of God. And we're the final, amen, word. We have the ability to say whether we agree with that or with God. Turn to somebody and say, I'm agreeing with God. Come on, give a big hand clap and shout out. Thank you, Lord. I want you just to close your eyes and I want you to say this. Say, I repent for speaking contrary to the word of God over my life. Say, I reject every label, other people or religion, or relatives, or church folk, ever put on me. I command those labels to fall to the ground, and to die, and to bear no fruit. I do not agree with labels and tags that try to identify me contrary to the Word of God. I do have a diagnosis, but I do not Make that diagnosis my identity. I reject that in Jesus' name. I am not the diagnosis. In Jesus' name, I'm saved, spirit-filled, sanctified, justified, adopted, redeemed, glorified. I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Everything I put my hand to prospers everywhere I go. I'm blessed. The glory of God manifests in my life. I have His presence, His power, His goodness in increasing measure in my life. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. I denounce depression discouragement, destructive talk. From now on, I am the prophet of my own life. I prophesy the word of God over my life. In Jesus' name, everything the word says, I will say and I'll become in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, how many of you, when you were saying that, uh, except for those of you that tuned out on me a while ago, um, could sense something on the inside of you? You know what that little thing was on the inside of you? That was faith stirring on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. And there are other people that are, you know, of a different persuasion. They imply that somehow the only way you can sense that is in church. Oh, no. You can get up tomorrow morning, look in that mirror, and start declaring things over your life, Bible labels, and you'd be amazed how you feel walking out that door, how different your day would be, how different your life would go, how much more enjoyable you'd be around, be around, when you're walking around in victory instead of defeat every day. The thing of it is, no one will please your mind, your heart, your mouth but you. And trust me, uh, it doesn't work when you try to police your spouse's mouth. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Dodie Osteen told John Osteen one time, I'm sick. He goes, don't say that. Don't say that. She said, well, well, I am. I need I need some help. Well, don't say that. Don't say that. So, well, John, I'm sick. Don't say that. Don't say that. Trying to police her words. Look at somebody and say, you can't police each other's words. Okay. You can say to somebody, though, with a smile on your face, okay, that's your confession. I agree with you. <laughs> but you really don't want that either, do you? No, right? So finally she said, I want you to write on my tombstone. I told him I was sick. <laughs> so, so, you know, you can really turn into a goofy person. But the principle is sound. Call yourself sick enough. Call yourself whole enough. That's nice right. That's why we don't point you in the direction of some man's book or some man's manual or some, you know, denominational handbook, but to the Word of God. So you start labeling yourself what God says you are. Yes. Amen. Praise God. I sense there's some deliverance coming for some people. Amen. Can you receive that in Jesus' name? Say it, hallelujah. hallelujah. You are not I Amen. You're not a bringer of pain. You're not a bringer of sorrow. You're not a Simon. Amen? Leslie Hill, years ago, an Irish preacher, he preached a message called Wearing the Coat That Fits You. He said, Simon, he surnamed Peter. And then he explained what he was saying. And he was saying, you know, uh, in the Orlando area where he was at at the time, I think he's still down there, he said they had a place called Circus World. Kind of like Sea World, all no, there's such a bunch of animals. And he said, Inside that arena, there was one man with five man-eating lions. He had a whip and a chair, and he thought to himself, from sheer strength, there should be one lion and five men in that ring. But man has the dominion. And what is man that thou are mindful of him? You're the apex creation. The problem is when we fell, we fell big time. And on the way down, we picked up all kinds of errors in our thinking and in our vocabulary that held us back. And even though we're redeemed, we have to think redeemed. Yes. We have to talk redeemed. Yes. We have to act redeemed. Yes. And that's why sitting under the Word is so important. That's why church really is important. We'll never, ever strip ourselves of those labels unless we are in the right environment to do so. So take this and just, well, that was nice. I was up Wednesday night service. Praise the Lord. Get up tomorrow morning and start declaring what God says about you. If you have a drive, you have a 20-minute drive, 45-minute drive, whatever it is, spend the whole time declaring what God says about you. Amen? And be consistent with it. And don't ever call yourself stupid again. Amen. Don't ever call yourself a loser again. No. Don't ever say, I'll never be anything, never do anything. Don't ever say, I don't matter to anybody. Amen. Don't pull out a George Bailey at Christmas time and say it'd been better if I'd never been born. Because <laughs> you're not born by the will of man. No. If you're here, you're here because God sovereignly wants you here. That's right. That's right. And I want you to start tormenting the devil the way he's been tormenting you all these years. Amen. Come on, give him another hand clap on a shot tonight.